Welcome back to Camden Cast, your unofficial Baltimore Orioles podcast from CamdenChat.com. Along with you once again, I am Mark Brown, your host, Eat More SK on Camden Chat. With me, as usual, Andrew Gibson. Andrew, have you succeeded in having a stat named after you yet? It's funny you should ask that, but no. No, I have not. Well, maybe that I'm can, getting closer. Maybe that can Every be a day. goal for the future. You never know. You might be able to sneak one in when nobody's paying attention. So Andrew and I were thinking, as you guys will be listening to this, it will be Valentine's Day. And what better way to celebrate the baseball team that we love, uh, that apparently hates us because they've lost for 14 years in a row, than having a little podcast about them. So... That's what we're going to do. And clearly you have a certain love affair with the Orioles as well, since you're taking time out of your day to listen to two random dudes talk about them. But we hope we're, we'll be entertaining today as always. The recent news today as we're recording, uh, Ioannis Cespedes signed with the Oakland Athletics. Four years, $36 million. And it's a very uh, indicative of how things go for the Orioles and Orioles fans, because... Over the last week, we heard between the Marlins and other teams who was making offers and who wasn't. And from the Orioles, it was like, well, they're booking their plane tickets to go scout him. And what are you doing? Other teams are striking and the Orioles are bumbling around. And that's that was the, a little embarrassing. That's the Jonas uh, Cespedes story. So I guess thing number one is, did we actually want the Orioles to sign Cespedes? Well, of course, right? I mean, why wouldn't you? I have to. I I felt like when I heard that contract today, there was probably twenty nine other teams' fans that were like, "Well, if the price was four years thirty six, why didn't we go four years forty million or something?" Exactly. Um, you know, the thing the Orioles need the very most of is more talent, and they've done a really good job over the winter of bringing in depth at AAA and to push players that maybe were in the majors last year back to AAA. But what they haven't done is actually improve like their starting lineup or their starting player, like the, the 25 players they really want to have. Unless Wilson Bedemit counts as an upgrade over Vladimir I mean, Guerrero, which he might, but... Well, sure, but that's it. That's your That's your biggest upgrade. Positionally, at least. Right. I think yeah, that it, we can argue a lot about the pitchers. but It's the only actual new player upgrade. Of course, we're as fans, we're all hoping for better seasons from the likes of Matt Wieters to continue improving because he's already awesome, but, you know, we want him to be more awesome. Nick Markakis, who knows? Hopefully he does better, but with his uh, whatever ab surgery... I'm not very hopeful about him being one of the rebound players. Maybe Adam Jones will finally break out. I feel like we've been hoping for him to break out for like two the past two seasons. Well, you know, these players are all good players. There's problems with all of them. Uh, Marcakis is expensive for what he is, and Jones has a low on base percentage, and so on. But the, those are good players. If all of the players on the team were like that, the Orioles would probably be pretty good. And if they had signed Cespedes, I think that would have been another player to throw on that pile. Now, I mean, they didn't. And my question about the whole thing is, why? Like, 
it's it's like you said, for thirty six million dollars over four years, that's not unaffordable. How is that the best offer that he got from a team that sort of jumped out of nowhere? Definitely the surprise team's winter. Usually it's smocked and uh Detroit was the surprise team for Prince Fielder, and the surprise team gets you in a Cespedes as well. But, you know, it, it was an easy opportunity to get better, and it didn't happen. And there's lots of reasons why it could have happened. could have happened and could not have happened. Um, it, it does, it makes me wonder. Let me put it that way. Does it make you wonder? It certainly does. I mean, maybe his problem was he didn't have... You know, he's not in Asia, and that's the Dan Duquette uh, obsession is Asia. So, yeah, speaking of that Asian obsession, uh, the Orioles scouts have apparently been banned from South Korean baseball games or something. Nobody really knows because I don't know that anybody in the Baltimore media, the actual official media, like, knows a person who speaks Korean. I think maybe that's, uh, <laughs> like, literally in the entire... Baltimore Sun office on Calvert Street. I don't know that there's one person that they could get in to uh, translate or something. But uh, well, you had an article up on you had an article up on Masson that said the Orioles were kicked out of South Korea. Right, like the whole <laughs> everybody, like the whole country, like all their visas were revoked. And that's obviously not. It's true. like they were. Uh, it's like they were diplomats, and their embassy was closed down or something. But no, yeah. This is this is a really frustrating story because not only do I personally feel like I have no idea what actually happened and what was supposed to happen, let alone who exactly is the KBO and the KBA. I feel a little bit more informed, thanks mostly to uh, another blogger. And not one of the official. Yes, John Shepard from Camp John Shepard had a great article today about. Well, it was from an actual Korean baseball writer talking more about who is. Well, God, I'm really gonna probably embarrass myself saying this name. I think Seong Min Kim is a kid, and and nobody can even really agree on what the is the talent of. Yeah, him. that's weird, too. Because you like, got, you know, professional weird. hater Keith Law from ESPN is saying, oh. well, that was should, me being sarcastic. Should, I, don't, should, I don't really think that. But Should we get, like, a cat meowing sound? To... Yeah, maybe one of these days we'll have production values and I'll kick in sound effects. Probably not today. Um, so John Shepard from Camden Depot, which you can find camdendepot.blogspot.com. He's part of the ESPN Sweet Spot Network for the Orioles. He's a great blogger. Uh, you should read his he stuff, is. too. He's, a very, he's much better than I he, am. He talked to an actual Korean baseball reporter about the prospect the Orioles signed, and uh, it, was, it was the most illuminating thing that's been written about the whole process. And even that... Like, it sort of informed me more, but I'm still left with these questions about, like, where are all these other sides of the story coming from? Right. Especially why, why with Law how think good he is has, he? like, an 82-mile-an-hour fastball when everybody else, well, not everybody else, but the Orioles are talking about he's got an 89, 90-mile-an-hour fastball. I mean... What, what is happening here? Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, it's not like the Baltimore Sun has a bureau in Tokyo or wherever their Asian bureau would have been or Beijing where they could just put one guy on a plane and have him go figure out what's what. You know, there's 
there's nobody to uh, connect with. So. <laughs> what it does sort of, uh, it'll be interesting to see when spring training starts and Kim is playing at the the minor league complex and the media actually has the ability to have some eyes on him. Right. Well, it'll turn out maybe, hopefully he's at least a real person and not like Troy Patton, who's the <laughs> actor in an Orioles uniform. But like the scouting reports couldn't even agree on how tall he was. Like I heard he was five foot ten. I heard that from I believe an MLB.com report that came from an Orioles source. But it said the Orioles expected him to become six foot one. And like how does that happen? Like he's seventeen years old and he's just gonna grow three inches? Like where does that come from? Like, is that normal? That doesn't seem normal to me. Yep. It's really, there's there's just no certainty about it because it's just this big mystery. What the yeah. heck is going on? It's weird. The whole thing is weird. Um, it's sort of hard to, uh, you know, everybody sort of feels like they need to have a side when it comes to Keith Law. Um, I don't. I enjoy his writing. Uh, I don't feel like I need to agree with every single word he says. Um, and I don't think it w- is unreasonable to assume that scouting reports can be wildly different, even. Uh, but it, I, th- I feel like I want to say it's very important to the Orioles that Kim is actually a prospect and not just some guy that they stole. And that's not being fair, but that's sort of how it feels. Like some guy they just stole away through dubious means yeah if you're gonna get your 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 crew banned from games in a country uh, hopefully it's worthwhile because of course the media just latched onto this as yet another oh those orioles moment and maybe it was i mean because from all the chicanery we've seen from the orioles organization who knows if there was some kind of mess up in the metric conversion or something like that, and they just like I mean, took a centimeter you know. number and uh, thought that <laughs> extrapolated to a certain feet and inches, and it's wrong. No, I don't well, really think that happened. But it's like you were saying just a minute ago, like oh, the A's signed Suspetus, and the Orioles are still planning on canceling their trip that they were maybe going to take in two weeks. Right. I hope they got refundable airfare to whatever if they even bought so, the ticket. Like, on the one hand, like, we've seen sort of this weird, slow dysfunctionalness that the Orioles just cannot shake for whatever reason. And then, on the other hand, we see these different, wildly differing reports on this this high school pitcher. And even the the reporter that John Shepard talked to said he didn't understand what the Orioles saw in this kid to take him, which I, I don't even know how to interpret that. Is that just high school Koreans are so rare to have signed because they're raw or because like the level of play in high school Korea is not high enough to warrant a minor league deal in major league baseball. Well, one, or, one kink but, in the story there is basically that Kim was a junior in high school. So that's how he was like under the radar. Cause if he was a senior, I think he would have been subject to the, the KBO draft or something or other is my current understanding, which may be wildly wrong. But so, I mean, hmm. it, well, I mean, obviously, whoever was over there was probably not employed by the Orioles last year. It was like somebody that Dan Duquette knew, I, I think, is a safe bet. 
to yeah, say. Yeah, that, that seems reasonable. Um, sure. So, I mean, who is that person? How did you know? What's his deal? Why is he uh, connected to Duquette? We don't know that either. But whoever he is, he's banned from, <laughs> from South Korean <laughs> baseball games right now. <laughs> That's one thing we do know. But, you know, some, sometimes you just have to take these stories and just shrug and be like, well, what, what do you want from me? I mean... Oh, I shouldn't be sexist. It is possible to scout as a female. The person, whoever they are, is banned from... Well, that's true. Banned from baseball games about, in South Korea. About your assumptions. I do feel bad. I'm sure Stacy will yell at me um, <laughs> when she listens to this. Well, you know who else is not coming to the Orioles? I do know who else is not coming to the Orioles. His name is Manny Ramirez. And there Ooh, was... and he might be banned from South Korean games, too. Yeah, well, it's been a while since we've seen him. He's banned from Major League Baseball for 50 games, that's for sure, because he tested positive for steroids a second time, which is actually supposed to be 100 games, but uh, somehow he I negotiated it down. I believe was that... He was forced to retire, and that was as if he had taken that suspension. I would, I would rate that a specious uh, argument, but that's that's what the players' union is there to argue. Players, good and bad, get protected by the union. Well, I mean, is Manny Ramirez a bad player? He's a very good player. He, he's a uh, well, it, it's hard to make an argument based on what we know, that he's a good human being. But I've never met the guy. Maybe he's just tragically misunderstood. misunderstood. Yeah. Um, judge not, lest ye be judged. For sure. Very good words to live by. Andrew's stack of <laughs> wisdom here. But did you, and this is this is like the, the $500,000 minor league contract question. Did you want Manny Ramirez? on your Norfolk Tides, Mark Brown. Andrew, I just feel like the Manny thing would have been the latest in a long line of embarrassing Orioles getting washed up sluggers for the twilight of their career. You really can go back to, like, Sammy Sosa and whatever year Sammy Sosa was an Oriole. What was that, 2005? Because that was disaster there. Um, And, you know, Rafael Palmero was in there, too. And while his year was not terrible like we've seen terrible years from aging sluggers that you know it sort of fits up in that sort of same bracket last year with vladimir guerrero and it's just it's literally embarrassing that the orioles are like i don't know last stop the the, the last stop everybody that is the last stop the and the, uh, the last stop for like players and front office it's true. No and who gets even, fired as even a manager goes and does another managing gig, although pretty much all of them seem to get coaching jobs. But it's it was it, it would have just been the latest sign that that's just what the Orioles do, and I I wouldn't have liked it for that reason. Uh, regardless of Manny's merits, whatever merits he may have left as a baseball player, which probably are not as bad as everyone thinks, because he, well they're not. He's still got he still had some game in the last season he played where he wasn't suspended. Um, yeah, you know, in we throw out he had a 409 on base percentage, and that was at age 38. Really kind of remarkable. I mean, that's what we talk about from time to time, like the standard aging curve of players, where they tend to peak offensively at about 28 or 29, 
and they peaked defensively much earlier. But when you look at like the Hall of Fame quality players like Manny Ramirez, whether you like him or not, they tend to age much more gracefully. Yeah, they're still going in their late 30s, which is what lets them get the impressive numbers that exactly. them into the Hall of Fame. Um, you have to be worried about like trends like Vlad Guerrero had what appeared to be a very, very good 2010 with Texas. But when you looked at it... The second half of the year, right. he was clearly on a downswing. Right. So was that two hot months or was it four cold months? Um, and with Manny Ramirez, you, you, know, you have to do the same thing. But the guy performed so much better than... Guerrero did. I, I'm not. I'm not entirely convinced that they belong in the same conversation. Andrew, you certainly might be right about that. It was a knee-jerk reaction, completely irrational for me. But there was literally several days where I was thinking it was inevitable that the Orioles were going to sign Manny and oh, just, yeah. uh, just oh, unleash yeah. the whole laughingstock thing again. There were several days where I was going around just thinking of the profane tirade I would unleash on the next Camden cast. Like, I was composing phrases in my head to just, you know, let in a not-safe-for-work podcast that would have to follow from signing Manny, because that's the only way I could handle it. It's just, well, just unleashing profanity on, let me put it on this the internet. Way. I, I, I didn't want Manny Ramirez on the Orioles because of really everything you said, and I don't see the upside in that. He would not play the first 50 games. After 50 games, I'm. It makes me sad every single time I even think this, but we we have to accept reality for what it is. After 50 games, I'm going to be very surprised if the Orioles have much of a shot at making noise, even in their quest for 500 baseball. Um, and then you have to worry about how rusty he's going to be after a year and a half off and so on and so on, plus he's Manny Ramirez, and you spend so much time rooting against a guy like that, that it's, I, I couldn't see me rooting for him. Even on a minor league deal, it's just, don't don't go there for the, the PR thing. I mean, maybe that's not the right way to look at it, that's not the kind of thing you should look at if you're the Orioles front office, but I, I, I am like not the Orioles. Orioles front office. I am a fan of the Orioles, and it would have just paid me to have him open up another box of everybody in the world laughing at the Orioles. I just feel like, you know, like this is a weird line in the sand to make. Like, we don't want to be a laughing stock organization. We are not signing Manny Ramirez. We have, however, been kicked out of South Korea. So please, nobody laugh at us for that. Yeah. Also, we're getting ready to send some scouts down in a few weeks to see uh, this guy... Yonder Cespedes, or whatever his name is. Like, I, I, it, it just seems weird and uneven to me. That's a good point. And, uh, you know, whatever the answer is, I don't know. But Dan Duquette ruled out signing him. I think he wanted to, and he just couldn't figure out a way to make it happen. I do wonder what happened, because it seemed very sudden. Like, I, like, like you said, I was sort of walking around like, yeah, that's totally going to happen. And I'm just going to have to live with that. And that's fine. Like three, the, the conference call um, where the Guthrie trade, which we'll talk about later, he was asked about it. And he explicitly did not rule it out. And he sounded to me like 
he he wanted to do it. And I don't know what changed that he decided not to. But Well, maybe it was just the airwaves, such as they were, were filled with people with the, your exact and my exact complaints. Like, I I won't root for him. I, I will have a harder time rooting for the Orioles with him than without him, regardless of the extra wins that may or may not be there. So on one hand, if they didn't sign him for that reason, good. But on the other hand, if you're listening to the fans on why to make moves or not make moves, that's bad. Cause <laughs> Maybe. I mean, the fans Maybe. are what gave us Vladimir Guerrero. and we had, Are they, though? Are they, though? People going around talking about how it was going to energize the fan base. It's like, yeah, Riker to Enterprise, four to beam up. That's about how energized I am. So, you know, whatever. I... Can you prove to me that the fans were the ones that brought us Vlad Guerrero? No, I certainly can't. I, I can say that the media pointed to the fans, but that doesn't mean it was actually the fans that made it happen. Or That was why Annie McPhail went out. Or more likely, Peter Angelos told Annie McPhail to spend $8 million on Vlad. Cause... I mean, that's, that's like the easy story to say, like, oh, the... Somebody said it once, and then people started getting excited. And that certainly did happen. I mean, whether we went to whitewash it or not, people were excited specifically about having Vlad Guerrero and how he would take the team over the top a little bit. Well, I wasn't one of those No, people. neither of us were among that group of people. But that's, that, those people existed. And that, they had an argument to make. But can you prove to me that... Those people were what drove the the decision process along. Probably not, and hopefully not, because, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of people, and we're going to get into this a little bit later, in a little more in-depth, but there are a lot of people who work very hard in the, the front office, and it's not just Dan Duquette or Andy McPhail or Peter Angelos. And I have a hard time believing you could get all of them on the page of, yeah, sure. Let's just do what what uh, you know Thomas from Dundalk said to do. Right, because he called into well, the Orioles probably aren't listening to WNST, but he called into 105.7 The Fan or whatever. Right. You know, I mean, I I, I guess I don't know what exactly I'm trying to say, but we we don't we don't know what happened. Fans are really driving yeah. the conversation. We don't know why Manny is not here. We're just glad that he's not. That's our that's our conclusion. Yes, that's true. That's on the true. Manny Ramirez. Uh, situation so we are going to break here this will be the end of part one our technical difficulties with our hosts are continuing andrew and i ourselves are going to take a few minutes but you won't know the difference because you can just queue up part two right now you can subscribe to us on itunes it will happen automatically you can download it uh, you can also listen right on camdachat.com we will see you there